Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to a live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well on this Wednesday. Hope y'all coming over the hump, ready to end your week uh, strong. So I hope you all are doing well on this Wednesday. But if you're watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching, you're like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach online. But for those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, whether you've been a subscriber for 14, 13 years, or you've been a subscriber for 14 or 13 seconds, I want to say welcome uh, and thank you um, for uh, trusting what God's entrusted to me. And like I always say, I pray this channel continues to be treasure to you. And for those who's watching, feel like, man, how do I get my questions answered? Good question. Make sure, number one, you subscribe. Number two, make sure you hit that bell. And number three, Make sure you hit all post notifications so you'll know when I go live. But as everyone is going that is coming in live now, <clears throat> as they're coming in, I'm going to let you guys know about some things I have to offer, like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, How to Go from Feeling to Fulfilling. A lot of us are too immersed or soaked into our feelings to the point where we're not fulfilling our roles as husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, entrepreneurs, businesswomen, etc., and we're not able to fulfill our purpose. So make sure you check out this book. This book's available now on my website, IamUnplugged.com, or you can simply just go to Amazon and get your copy there. We also got a book on wholeness, how to hold the important things of life well, book on singleness, dating prep, all kind of great stuff. And I'll talk about those books a little bit later. And also if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching. Now, a lot of things have been tightened up a little bit, so I'm going to make some uh, time available for those who need coaching. But if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, submit your budget. Let me know what you can do, and I can let you know what I can do, Lord willing. But let's see what we got. We got six people commenting already. <clears throat> Excuse me. Stephanie Marie, good evening to you too. Tucson, what's up, family? All's well. All's well, man. It's a good Wednesday. Great day today. So all is well. So thank you for asking. Aries says, hey, coach, what did Cain mean when he asked, is he his brother's keeper? Well, uh, if we know the story in context, you could tell that that question or that statement was to try to kind of buy some time or uh, to try to throw God off or or his insecurities were so, so deep that that he didn't feel that it was his responsibility um, to to uh, to cope with his or not cope with his brother, but to uh, to 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 be humble with his brother, right? And so what he was saying, like, "Am I my brother's keeper?" Meaning that am I the one responsible to keep him alive? You know, I'm supposed to be focusing on me. So that's what that basically what that meant. And so we know the end of that story that that oftentimes or the more of the story, oftentimes uh, we get upset when someone else is blessed and we try to tear their name down. We may not kill them, but we try to stain their name. We try to uh, um, um, uh, demoralize or diminish their impact because we're insecure. And because ultimately the reason why they're favored is because they were faithful. The reason why they're favored, don't get me wrong. Now God's favor is on our lives, whether we, you know, perfect or not. But what I'm saying is the right things happen to those who do things the right way. Simple as that. The more the story is, those who do the right thing, the right thing happens to them. So a lot of people are envying people who are just truly just being faithful to God. Hope to help. Gina D, hey, coach, blessings to you as well. Two, two sides, can, can you pray for me, please? Sure thing. Father, you know the need of my brother or sister who's asking for prayer. The anointing is in my life that's, that pours from my time with you. I pray they feel it, uh, but ultimately feel the peace. Um, that can surpass all understanding. Lord, I touch and agree with them, Father. He said, if two or three touch and agree in your name, you are there in the midst. And we believe right now that whatever his need is or her need is, will be met in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, for saturating uh, um, their lives right now, letting them know, confirming to them that you are in their life. So, Father, we thank you that this prayer is a testament of, of your love for them and a testament of, of your realness. And I pray, Lord, that you, whatever their need is, you will make it very clear to them uh, what they need to do or why they are where they are. We thank you for it, Father. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Thank you for trusting me with that prayer request, man. I, I don't count that lightly. Uh, Chanel says, how does God confirm who your husband is? I have two men pursuing, but I'm not sure what the Lord is saying. If the Lord ain't saying nothing, uh, do nothing. I wouldn't engage. I wouldn't invest time. I wouldn't make your time available. I wouldn't go in those days because what happens when you act 
outside of God's confirmation, then all of a sudden you get in the mix emotionally. And then all of a sudden you start getting confused. And the Bible says where there's confusion is every evil work. So if you have two men pursuing you, then you got to make sure um, that you're not investing in either one of them. So what I would do is in the meantime, which could be difficult depending on how long you've been entertaining them, I will go ahead now and start just uh, minimizing your contact with them, uh, uh, minimizing your engagement with them and go about your life. You owe them nothing. You owe them no time because you'll waste your time in the meantime, investing your time in something that's not yours. Why will I invest time into what's not mine? Why would I invest, invest, invest time in what's not mine? So you don't want to invest time in something that you're not quite sure that is yours. Now, how does God confirm? First off, he won't confirm until you have a firm grip, a firmness about yourself, about God. If, if you and God are not firm, and what I mean by that, you know for a fact he is faithful. You know for a fact that he is invested in you. You know for a fact that your relationship was strong. You know for a fact that 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 he is uh, thinking of it. He's mindful of you, firm, F-I-R-M. Until you know, until you have that operating in your life and, 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 and encompassing into contentment, then you won't be uh, uh, ready to be able to discern if that husband is for you or not. Because if you're not in God, what would you, how would you know what's from God? How will you know what's of God? You can't know what's of God if you're not of God. How will you know what's <clears throat> for you if you're not in him? So God confirms multiple different ways. He confirms creatively. He confirms uh, uh, concretely. Um, God's not going to have you out here uh, confused. So if you don't know anything, I won't show anything. I won't go anywhere because you don't know. And I have a great book that will help you with discernment. This book right here is probably one of my favorite books that God has given me the ability to write. It's called Counterfeit a Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. This book is a great resource to have because I, I have over 10 uh, ways that God confirms. I talk about why confirmation is important and it gives you um, some things to test. T-E-S-T. -E I got three different tests in there to show you how to test God's best to make sure you're not entertaining the devil's pest. So check out this book now uh, uh, as a resource and I, and I know that it'll be a blessing to you. So right now, if they're pursuing you, you dictate their pursuit. If they're pursuing too hard, uh, and then you got to go and do what you got to do, because if you have the right to dictate their pace and if they're pursuing you and, and, and you don't even know for sure if they're of God or not, then you're wasting your time. Great questions, y'all. Thank you all for trusting me with them. Brian says, hey, coach, how do we remain faithful to Christ in the tough seasons we go through without falling away? Great question, Brian. Well, the best way to be faithful is to track his faithfulness. Remaining faithful to God is not something that uh, we can birth from our uh, nature, from our human side, because we're, we're, we're still being sanctified. It's a supernatural thing in our lives. It's the supernatural renewing of the mind that the Holy Spirit does that gives us the right perspectives. If we don't have the right perspectives and if our minds are not set on things that are above, if our mental settings are not set on the default settings, which was the default settings in Eden, if it's not set to those default settings, then we're going to find ourselves sitting in places that we shouldn't. So the only way we can remain faithful to Christ is if we allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, to change our perspective. Some perspective points that you have to be mindful of is uh, how do you view God? Or do you know 10 attributes of God? Do you know that he's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent? Do you know that he's eternal, self-sufficient? Do you know that he's immutable? Do you know that he's loving? Do you know that he's just? Do you know that that uh, he is able? Do you, do you know that all multiple different attributes, many? What's your perspective on yourself? How do you see yourself? Because if you're not, if you don't have the right perspective towards God and the right perspective towards yourself, then you won't be in pace with God. You won't be able to walk with God and step with him, right? And then you have to have your perspective about situations set properly. The Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its full effect or have its perfect work that you may be whole, complete, or lacking in nothing. That scripture is very profound. Those who are able to count everything super uh, uh count everything with joy those people will navigate well right so in every situation i have to count it all joy because i know 
that these various trials are about to make me versatile. So if you can change your perspective of a tough season, those tough seasons were sent to make you a tough citizen, a steward, a tough uh, individual, then you will begin to navigate them with joy because you know that a faith that's not tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And you have the end goal, the end game of being whole, complete, and lacking nothing. Those three things are essential. The whole process of tough seasons, the whole process of trials, and let's talk about trials for a minute. All of us know about uh, trial periods that Netflix has given us, Hulu has given us, uh, different type of uh, uh, Spotify has given us, give us a trial period, a period of testing, to test a product to hopefully uh, convert you into being a, a, a consumer, right? Trial seasons, trial periods is giving us, making us very familiar with the actual thing that we're going to eventually face. Singleness is a great trial period. If you don't, if you're not content with God and in love with yourself, in love with God, how will you be able to truly enjoy um, the the light, the Netflix special called Marriage, the 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 Spotify album of life, right? How will you be able to really be able to fully engage a product if you haven't first tested the product? or test the process. So tough seasons make tough individuals who in the process develop the right level of faith that no matter what hits them, they are not swayed. So your ultimate goal in a tough season is to understand the benefits of being whole, meaning that you're not perfect, you're prepared and you're progressing, that you're complete, that you know for a fact that you're completed by Christ so that you can compliment a wife, so that you can compliment your kids, so that you can compliment those different things, right? And that completion in Christ keeps you from trying to have a wife to complete you, your children to complete you. How many husbands and wives right now only are in a relationship so that that woman can complete them. And now that woman's overburdened, that man is overburdened because they feel the pressure of you needing them. See, a wife wants to be wanted. A husband wants to be wanted. They don't want to be needed. See, a man or a woman can't handle the human's need of God. And if you make a man or a woman or a relationship of God, then you will be putting too much pressure on them. The same as with parents. When parents have 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 uh, are looking for their child to complete them, they'll put unnecessary pressure on them about college. They'll put unnecessary pressure on them about education. They'll put unnecessary pressure on them in sports. They'll put unnecessary pressure because they want to have some talking points at the country club, talking points at church, talking points at the gym, saying that my kid is this and my kid is that. But in the process, you're losing your kid. So it's hard to fall away if you're faithful in the way. And it's easy to be faithful in the way when you know how faithful he has been to you day to day. And you can meet every trial with joy because you know your faith is getting tested. You have an opportunity to develop. Great questions, y'all. Tanita says, how did you know when you were the one God had for you? How did you know when you were the one God had for you? What were some ways God confirmed it to you? I'm believing you said the one. Oh, how did you know when you were with the one God gotcha? Uh, it was a process. I mean, I knew when she came in there with that flowy dress and those two ponytails, I knew something, there was a story that was in, about to be unveiled. I just knew. I didn't know that she was the one at that moment because I didn't want to rehearse or do what I did with the previous girl and then, and then find myself disappointed because I thought that that was God's one for me, right? But I knew she was the one in time. And I'm going to tell you something about God. Some situations, some individuals, it's God's timing to meet, but it's not time for God. It's not God's time for you to marry. So we had a five to six year process, but I knew she was the one maybe year uh, within that first year or so. But 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 I was very uh, conservative with that because I needed more confirmation. Right. And God confirmed it. And so how did what were some ways God confirmed it? Our purposes aligned. Our, our doctrinal beliefs aligned, uh, our, our goals aligned. Um, al alignment is, is the great. Now, don't, that, that doesn't mean um, uh, everything that aligns is a sign from God that that's yours, right? But, but it aligned in such a way that, that, that there was something about, let me tell you something about me. I tell my students all the time, this is how I knew it was God, because as I got older, I became familiar on how God spoke to me. And there's three areas of you that speaks to you or tries to lead you. That's your mind, that's your heart, and there's your gut. 
You can't trust your heart because your heart deceptive. You can't trust your mind because it's, 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 it's still being renewed. But the gut is where the ghost is. The gut is where the guidance is, right? And the more I began to become familiar with the gut, then I knew what was for me. And the more I was guided by God, the gut sensing got stronger and time proved it. All right. So I hope that's the best that I can do. That's the, the best. I hope that's great advice for you to help you be able to confirm it. But the goal is you don't want to get to a place where you're scanning every man that comes into your life to see if that's your man. You just want to keep scanning the scriptures, scanning your life. Uh, and keep scanning those different things in the process. Maybe someone will beep, come across your life. You go, oh, that matches the scan. And then you know that's your man. Hope to help. Corey Titan says, yo, coach, a friend of mine likes me and wants to go on a date with me, but I only see him as a friend and you owe him nothing. But the more I talk to him, the more I'm willing to go on a date with him, I'm confused. Well, where there's confusion is every evil work. You have to trust your initial feeling. You can't because sometimes we get so caught up in, well, I'm single or mom and your aunties are saying, well, you know, don't, don't wait so long. If a man's giving you attention, go. We, we got a lot of different voices and a lot of different pressures that are pushing us into something that we know we shouldn't. Right. And so in the initial interaction with me, you saw him just as a friend. But of course, when you open the door, see, let me tell you something about hunters. <laughs> he, you, you see him as a friend, but he see you as a as a wife. He sees you as a snack. Right? He sees you in such a way that he's going to he's going to pursue. Right. And so a woman has to learn how to dictate the pursuit of a man. If he's pushing his hand too far and pursuing you and that's not what you want, you owe him nothing. But if you keep that door open, especially if he's funny, especially if he's witty, especially if he's attractive then it's going to wear off on you. So you got to go all the way back to your initial interaction with him when it came down for him to pivoting into wanting to be more for you, right? What did your gut say? What did your gut say? What did the spirit of God say? Let me make sure I make that clear. What did the Holy Ghost say to you? And if you, if it was a no, then it's a no now. Let me tell you something about red flags. They don't turn green. Red flags never change, right? What I mean by that is if, if it's a certain type of red flag, you don't have time for that flag to turn the colors, all right? So if the first initial uh, interaction with him was a no, then don't go, don't flow, don't show, right? Because if you continue to go deeper and deeper, then, then the conviction of the spirit will begin to wane, 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 and then you'll take on his last name. And then about time you in the game, you'll realize this guy wasn't what wasn't uh, who he was to you or was what you desired from you. And then you're not going to be happy. But if you're confused, don't do nothing. If you are confused, do nothing else. I won't call him. I won't talk to him on the phone anymore. And you can do that. That's a tasteful way to do that. Just tell the young man, hey man, right now I don't, I'm not, I'm not interested in a relationship right now. Let me say something. If when you communicate your standard and you communicate a boundary and you communicate a need for you for self-care right now, if his response is not uh 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 in agreement to that respectfully, then that's a great sign to see if he's really respectful of you. All right, because um yeah, he's got to do that. A friend of mine likes me and wants to go on a date with me, but I only see him as a friend. But the more I talk, hey, listen, man, if you leave the door open, man, he going, he going, he going to put that weight on you. He going to put that sauce on you. And, and then, then uh, your feelings will be the boss of you. And then all of a sudden you'll be with someone that you never intended to be with. But if you confuse, don't do nothing else. t South says, if you've been in school for some time and you feel like time is being wasted because, because of grades. Let me see. See if t South wrote something else. Listen, listen, school ain't for everyone. You know, you got to be led by the spirit. I don't want to give my opinion because uh, because God may still want you in it. Right. Uh, but but you have to have a you have to have guidance from the Holy Spirit, because a lot of people are in colleges right now that God um, never intended them to go to, never intended them to be in in the first place. And it's hurting a lot of people. So let me clarify me. Clarify your question for me a little bit more so I can understand what you need. And thank you, Joanne McCoy, for the super chat, super sticker. Thank you. I appreciate your support. And all of you all who are generous to me, man. You guys, y'all support is, is helping me do a lot of great things in my school, helping me do a lot of great things in ministry. And so I appreciate your support. And if you want to support, you feel led by God to give, you can go to my website now, IamUnplugged.com. And there you could be able to, uh, however you feel led to give, man. And it doesn't matter what you give. It's, it's appreciated. Your generosity is appreciated in advance. 
and I appreciate it. Uh, I think Corey also said, I can't picture him being my husband. If he's not in, if he is not in the picture, then don't put him in the frame of your mind. If you can't picture him being your husband, then leave him alone. Because God, what God, let me hear to me. When what God has drawn in you will be drawn to you. Hmm. You have to understand that you were a canvas. You were fearfully wonderful man. And there are certain things drawn within your DNA structure, drawn within inside of your personality, drawn already. Before God is not still drawing things in, you came in already with a picture, right? And if that person doesn't match your picture, then don't put them within the frame of your mind because then your picture uh, won't come out um, divine. Hold up. You're so welcome, Aries. You're so welcome. Daughter of Zion says, hey, Coach Josh, how do you know if you're going to be single for life? It seems easy to give up hope and live. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> read it again. Hey, Coach Josh, hope. To, uh, how do you know if you're going to be single for life? It seems easier to give up hope and live life. Understand? Well, you have to get to a place where you become very familiar with God. You have to become very familiar with him. And what do I mean by that? Because the more you are familiar with him, the more you are trusting him, right? You, if you have a desire to be married, that means that was drawn in you. There are some people who have the gift of singleness that was drawn in them for a purpose by God. They don't desire to be married and it was already drawn on them. God already has a, a picture of you already and your path and your uh, pursuit of him would, would to a degree determine how much of that picture you fill with color, right? So God has a vivid picture of what he has created you to have. He has to. Right. Because that picture proves that he has a purpose for you, your obedience, your uh, uh, um, uh, repentance, your your joy in God, your following God will determine how much of that picture you fulfill. Right. So that picture of uh, desire to have a husband has already been drawn in your heart or you wouldn't desire it. Now you have to see what is trying to expire it. Right. So you have to get inspired by it, right? And your inspiration has to come from God. God, I want to be inspired by you. I want to follow you. I want to get to know you and maximize your singleness. A lot of people are not maximizing their singleness. See, when Adam was single, he had a job. He had a purpose. He named his animals. And once he named the animals, the same way he named the animals, he named his woman. How can a man name his woman if you don't know how to name his purpose? How can a woman uh, uh, um, be able to balance the weight of a man's last name if she's not strong in her first name? Right. So you got to maximize your 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 singleness. You maximize your singleness by making sure that your name is good. You maximize your singleness by making sure that your money habits are good. You maximize your singleness by making sure your people skills are good. You maximize your singleness by making sure that you are profitable and productive in the purpose that God has for you. You maximize your singleness by 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 spending time with God. You maximize your singleness um, by being in the will of God. That's how you maximize it. And if all you're doing in your singleness is hoping that you can get into mingleness, then you're going to end up with less than God's best. So now you got to put on that vest and guard your heart and get into the part that God wants you to play in the script that he has scriptured into your heart to be a living epistle of. And then in your signals, when you have maximized it and being a person of purpose, then you will meet your purpose of purpose. Because I literally met my wife while doing my purpose. She came into my Bible so that I was four to five years into my purpose. Seven, eight years, but five years into ministry. <clears throat> and she came into it, right? And she was already in her purpose. And then time proved down the line that her education degree and her uh, English degree and her graduate degree was going to play a major role for me being in the school system and writing books. But what what if what if all that was in our lives was nothing but a dream and had no goals? Goals require souls. You got to put your souls on your shoes on and be about it so that you can see out of it. All right. 
So you're not going to be single for life, if that, but you can't, you, it, based upon your habits, based upon what you do, you may be single for life because a lot of people are single for one or two reasons. They're single because number one, it's not God's timing or number two, they're not maximizing their time. Hope that. Tanita, Tanita Anderson says, could you please pray for me and my children? Also for God, it just got me. Of course, Tanita. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for my sister watching me online and entrusting me with this prayer. I'm so glad that I'm in tune with you, God. I'm glad that you hear me. And I thank you, Father God, whatever her need is with her children, I pray that need is already being met. I pray that you give her a peace to surpass all this thing. It's going to guide her heart and mind because of your son. And we believe that when the sun rises tomorrow, she'll have joy filled up in her heart and that she'll be able to really get into the part that she want her to play in life. Lord, give her vivid visions. Give her vivid dreams, letting her know that you are in the midst of her life. And we think about her children will grow up in a fear. And like my mama said, a fear and admonition of the Lord, that they'll be able to walk out their purpose as well, Lord. And we think about that your peace will be uh, 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 all that she needs to know that you are there and that you will get her wherever you need to get her. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Tina says, how do we know when God is confirming things like we know um, he's confirming when things align with what he's already communicated to us? Confirmation doesn't happen prior to communication. It's communication, then confirmation. Communication, then confirmation. Communication and confirmation. If I have no communication with God, how do I know God, God is confirming anything for me? If I don't communicate with God, how can I uh, know that God is confirming something? So if I, the more I communicate with God, the more I sense him, the more I get to know him, the more I begin to separate how he speaks to me versus how devils speak to me and how I speak to me. And I begin to become very familiar with the, the, the peaceful presence of God when he speaks to me. And I know how he speaks to me because I communicate with him. Then communication would then lead to confirmation. And then you will be able to really begin to uh, uh, have navigation into your purpose in a very vivid and strong way. No communication, no confirmation. So the more you communicate with God, the more you will start sensing God's confirmation because God will never confirm a thing that you haven't had a conversation with him about. Hope that. Two more and I got to go. Two or three more and I got to go. Uh, you're so welcome, daughter of Zion. Where am I at? I lost my spot. Here we go. Lilo 27 says, hey, coach, what to do when you feel stuck or it's too late to pursue something that you have wanted to do or put off? Example, study in law. Great question, Lilo. The Bible says that he'll redeem the time. As you renew the mind, as you renew your mind, he'll redeem the time. I'm telling you. The moment you get it, the moment it clicks, it may not be a place where you are have time to prove that you're legit, but God knows that you're legit based upon the click in your brain because he's omniscient. So when God begins to see that there are certain things being renewed in your mind, he'll start redeeming the time. The devil wants you to focus on the time of loss, not the time that can be gained and maintained and, and sustained. Right. So when you feel stuck, then then, then you got to unpluck. Like you got to you got to let him get you out. Right. Get out. Get yourself out of that stuck place. The way you get yourself out of stuck place is is how can I put this? How do you get out of stuck place? By, by getting to know God personally. By getting to know God personally, P. L, you got to let God love you. Let, let God become more knowledgeable of God's love for you. The best way to get out of a stuck place is to acknowledge God in that place. Acknowledge and be aware of his presence in that place. Another way to get unstuck is to start being um, constructive. Start being creative. Um, get into the creative mode, right? And another way to get out of a stuck place is to actually enter God's joy. Let God's joy strengthen you and then you'll find yourself out of that stuck place. And then you'll begin to see that how God redeemed the time. And then you'll begin to see how all that wasted time was used to renew your mind and put you in real time in the thing that you want to do. Secondly, you got to ask God if God even wants you to study law. If he don't want you to study law, then there's no need for you to waste your time. Hope to help. For time's sake, I'm going to keep going. Hope to help. Stephanie Marie says, that's getting a little warm. It's humid down here in Charlotte. Stephanie Marie says, how true is that? You have what you say. It seems the more positive thoughts take longer to come to fruition, but negative comes up because negative, negative things are light. Positive things are heavy. You have to understand how heavy your words are. 
Words, everything in this world right now that was created is still being sustained off of let there be. That's why Bible says we will be judged by every idle word because we think that words are idle, but those words are rifles filled with bullets. You see what I'm saying? That, that's full of, 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 of power, right? And, and if we don't understand the value of words, then we'll be careless with our words and then we'll eat the fruit of our words, right? So you have what you say because what you say comes from a real place. And when it comes from a real place, then it comes out with fervor. It comes out with faith. And then the spiritual world recognizes it and says, we'll give you exactly what you asked for. That doesn't mean God will just bring a new house or a new spouse, right, into your house, but but what into your life. But when it comes to negative things, you have to understand the devil moves quick. The enemy knows, the Bible says, when the word has been sown on hard ground, that birds come immediately. They don't want the word to soak in. They don't want the word to catch root. They want your heart full of stones still. They want your heart full of thorns still. So negative things come so quickly because negative things ain't like positive things. Or it could be that our perspective of positive things are skewed. Because there's a lot of great positive things happening in your life right now. The fact that you woke up this morning is greater than any negative thing. Let me tell you something. If you count your blessings in a day, you won't have time to count your burdens. Because literally, if you if you just say, thank you, God, for that breath, every breath you took, you said, thank you. You won't have time to say anything about something that you don't have or wish you had. So negative things typically happens quicker at times because the enemy is so quick to try to sabotage, but you have to change your perspective on positive things because there's a lot more positive things happening for you than there are negative. Now, if you're talking about positive things like, quote unquote, a husband or whatever, the Bible says, be very careful about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own troubles. Marriage has its own troubles. Parenting has its own troubles. And if you can't handle the troubles, if you can't handle the troubles of where you are, then you won't handle the troubles. So if you could be asking for a positive thing and in in its own nature is positive, but it's filled with so much negative because you bring a negativity to it because you haven't seen the positive this season. If you can't make this season positive, then how are you going to make the next season positive as well? Hope to help. I hope that really guided you on some things. Amen. Discernment is key. You're so welcome, Chanel. Joanne McCoy says, I had to cut out. I had to cut out on a very toxic relationship and I thank God for giving me the power and understanding to know it's time to sever. We have to sever ties. More questions. Keep going. Keep coming in. Hmm. Okay, let's see what I can do. God servant 21 says, how should a man raise his daughters? I grew up with all brothers. This is definitely new to me. Thanks, coach. No problem, family. Listen, I work in a school. You can almost imagine uh, how many people see me as a father figure, right? Uh, um, but I can, I can kind of glean from the guidance that I've give, given to uh, young women um, as I navigated school systems, right? And so, but take that from from that vantage point because I don't have a daughter quote unquote biologically quote unquote of my own you see what I'm saying but I can give you wisdom and guidance on on how a man should prepare for that right well first you have to take the pressure off take the pressure off of you know that the holy spirit is with you that that's what helps me with anything that I do the holy spirit is with me he's with me um because you typically in new situations insecurities rise because you never seen that side so insecurities will rise but when you know that that the holy spirit desires to rise in you with the with the self control with the tenderness the gentleness the the meekness the joy the love that will that will rise that will help your daughter rise above all the negative things that's going to try to shove her and in, uh into the world and shove her to the devil's arms then you will find confidence in Jesus by his spirit to be able to be that man for her, right? And raising a daughter, number one, you have to think about the example. Young girls are looking. I'm a role model. We we men are role models. And, and you'll be surprised how many people are looking to us as the example, especially young girls are looking to us as the example of, of what type of man they want to marry. The one thing I don't want to happen when I have a daughter, Laura Willen, is for her to say, I don't want a husband like my dad. So the best way is to, number one, trust the spirit in you to guide you. Number two, understand your, you being an example. And that's why I tell people, um, if, if don't plant seed if you don't plan to tend it. 
So if you know that you're not ready, uh, I'm not talking about you, but I'm just giving to any young man that's listening. If you know you're not ready to raise a child, then don't open the legs of a woman. Simple as that. Don't marry a woman. Like the, the goal about a man, a man has to marry with goals. You don't marry a woman without being somewhat mentally prepared to raise children. You have to think about your children. The Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance of his children's children. If a wise man leaves, then that man, that wise man cleaves. If that wise man leaves, that man, that wise man is designed to please and be who he needs to be for those for the people that has no choice but to deal with him. Right. And so you got to get rid of that. I grew up with all brothers because the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. Right now, my both my wife and I grew up in a home where there was no father, but we didn't let that bother us because no father was with us to guide us farther, farther down the road of life. We just trust the Holy Spirit. Marriage is not about what I've seen. It's based upon what I glean from the Holy Spirit of God. The same thing as with raising children. So number one, trust the spirit. Number two, be an example. Number three, uh, uh, don't put anything before her. Don't put anything before her. She has to know that she comes before your show, whatever you want to do in life. She has to come first. You know what I mean? In, 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 in perspective. God, number one, you, number two, your wife, number three, uh, and number four is her. She has to feel that she can approach her anytime. And then also, man, you know, set up systems, set up strategies on how you plan to raise her. In 20 years, what type of woman you want to see? That's what I learned in teaching. When you start a, a, a teaching course, right, you have to have a picture of what you desire your students to be. If you have a picture of how you desire your students to be, then you will have a path to get them there. So think 20 years down from your daughter, your daughter being 22, 23, 24, what type of woman do you want her to be? And the rest is you build her to being that woman with love, with God, helping her fear God, helping her know her worth, et cetera, et cetera. And how you treat her mom is everything. How you treat her mom is everything because how you treat her mom is how she expects to be treated. Hope to help, family. Aaron Hopkins says, what was one major thing you wish you would have known before you started teaching, preaching, and being a missionary? I think I answered that question last video, but I'll go ahead and answer it, family. I think I, told, I think I said in the video, the two things that I wish, the two, one, or what was one major thing you wish? Um, hmm. I forgot what I said, another one. Oh, okay, teaching, preaching, and being a ministry. Well, number one, um, all you need is God. All you need is God. If you need people to do God's work, then you won't fulfill God's work. People come with it, but you don't need people. You want people to help. You don't need people to help. That's one thing I learned. Number two, um, you have to you have to know that you're called to it. Because when you call to it, you you'll be called through it. Because no matter what ministry form you're in, there's going to be a lot of things in it. People, you got to learn people skills. You got to learn exegetical skills. You got to learn how to manage your emotions when people betray you or abandon you. There's a lot of things you got to process. And so one thing that I wish I would learn was to take my time during ministry. Take my time. And in the meantime, everything will, will shine in its perfect timing. Hope to help. But check out the last video I did, Aaron, because I, I think I went about two or three minutes longer in that, on that topic. Let me make sure my wife don't need me. 9.32, okay. Time for two or three more and I'm done. Jessica J, hey, coach, thanks for answering questions. You're so welcome. Can you explain how to be mature in the spirit, not be a child, but have childlike faith? Great question. Well, you have to know where you are. The, 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 one of the lost arts, two lost arts, is self-examination and self-awareness. The more I examine myself, the more I'm aware of myself. And the more I'm aware of myself, the more I begin to acknowledge my need of God in every space because I'm aware without him, I'm nothing. Right. So that helps me balance out all insecurities and pride. Right. Everything will be put to the side because I know who's on the inside guiding me. Right. So the more we mature, the thing is, we have to have a desired outcome spiritually. What is your desired outcome spiritually? Determine your 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 uh, daily outputs. Right. So if you just simply happy just being in a family then how are you going to function the family's business? All you're going to do is leech 
and, and drying it out, right? But if you have a desired outcome to, to be an amazing wife, to, to be an amazing mom, a mom of God, a wife of God, a woman of God, a woman in whatever form, then you'll know that in order for me to operate at that high level, I have to have disciplines. Uh, no matter what you desire to accomplish or desire to have or desire to do, it has to be supplemented and, and supported by the divine and by our discipline. Everything I do has to be supported by the divine. It has to be because no matter where I go, if, if that's not where God wants me to go, there won't be no support. So that means that requires me to be in obedience and that divine support will help push me because I'm about the family's business. And with that, not only should should I have that divine support and be in the will of God? I have to trust my disciplines. And that means no matter what sport, no matter what business, no matter what you do without discipline, you're nothing in it, right? So to be mature in spirit is to allow the spirit to mature you. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's through your engagements in life. That's through the word of God. That's through prayer. That's through processing. That's through thinking properly. When the Bible says, think on things that are lovely, pure, just, and of good report, think on things that are above. That is a discipline. Um, um, guarding your tongue is a discipline. Um, uh, um, a lot of different disciplines you can find in the word of God. Those things will then, as you incorporate them and understand the purpose of them, will then produce inside of you discipline, right? And then maturity, right? And now when it comes to childlike faith, we all know children, they believe anything's possible. So the, the, the contrast, but the connection of the two are beneficial. That I, I know I'm a son of God. One thing about me, I don't care what mistake I made yesterday or two days ago or five minutes ago. It don't matter. I am certified child of God. I'm a CCG. I'm a certified child of God, period. So nothing sways me off of, of, oh, God doesn't love me, or God loves me more if I do more, or God loves me less if I sin. No, God's love, it covers it covers many multitudes, galaxy-level multitudes, right, of sin. So when I have that, I know I can access him boldly because I know that I love him for him. I know that my mind is being renewed. I know my heart is changing. I know that he's real. Therefore, I can... I can enter into his place with childlike faith, believing anything's possible at the same time, having spiritual discipline to support it all. So glad you was able to catch us live too. Glad you're here. That's right. Renewing the mind is so important. I'm going to go all the way down to Crystal and I'm done. Okay, y'all? Cause that's my sister that I got to make sure I look out for. Uh, T Sally says, have you been led to not go to college, but just focus on the call that God has for you and just invest in courses that will build what God has put in you. you sound like, you know what you want to do. Your name T Sally. So to avoid Sally may, you got to follow the way, you know what I'm saying? And if, and if you feel, listen, I didn't finish college and look what knowledge I'm walking in. You don't need college to have knowledge. Now, you, you want if you want if you need if you have to be a doctor, if you want to be a doctor, something you go to college. You know, we need certified sound individuals, right? But you don't need college to have knowledge. And if you feel led to, to number one, save your money, invest your money in something else differently, then follow the call of God. Don't allow the pressures of the world, engineered by societal pressures, engineered by people to get dollars off of individuals they know for a fact is not going to fulfill in any type of degrees then you got to follow and, and follow God by being on your knees. In order to follow God with your feet, you got to be on your knees and say, God, what is it that you want me to do now? And if God is saying invest in courses, which is going to be cheaper and, and, and focus on your calling and go for that. You don't need college for knowledge. Hope to help. God always completes his word. I'm glad it was a complete word for you. Just to say how to overcome insecurity, center of attention, or need for love. It's hard to be around people every day because I make everything about me. Example, someone compliments, someone thought, why not compliment me? Great question. Um, you, your security has to be in Christ, man. You cannot be in no one else or you're going to be insecure. So it doesn't matter how I engage my wife, how I engage people, no matter what. I don't feel insecure because my security is in God. I am very content with me. I am very... I love me and I didn't always love me, right? All right. So when you need something, you have to understand need turns into perversion. 
when you need something, whoever senses that you need them desperately can de desperately deceive you. Oh, not just if they feel that you desperately need them, they have a chance to deceive you. So you have to ask yourself, why do I need love? What, what, at what point in your life where you needed love as a child, but didn't receive love as a child? There was what place in your life where you needed love, but love wasn't seated. But because love is seated on the right hand of God, now you have access to the Father that will now fill up any space in your heart where you need that love. So you got to ask yourself, why are you insecure? Listen, let me tell you something. This forehead right here, I didn't like it. I used to... I used to do this in pictures all the time because I thought I looked better with the crinkles in my head, right? But I can't change that. I can't change my, my big head. So if I can't change it, I have to embrace it. So if you're insecure about something physically, let's say if it's weight, then get in the gym. If it's something that you can't change, embrace it. Right. If you're insecure about something that was said to you because your dad wasn't there, your mom wasn't there, then you have to go to God to be that supplement. Right. So I have a whole course on my website. Go to IamUnplugged.com and go to courses. I have a whole course on insecurities. Check it out, my friends. A lot of worksheets, a lot of great videos to help you with that. A lot more than I could offer at this moment. You're welcome, Corey. Thanks, Coach Josh. You're so welcome. Praise God. Amen. My sister, I got to get to you. I want my marriage to work, but I believe my husband has come into agreement with his own will instead of God's. Where we're going through a divorce, and I also don't think my husband wants a divorce, but just but just he doesn't want to take a responsibility and proper action to change his own behaviors. So I'm left to let him go. I could use some encouragement. No problem. No matter who don't want you, no matter who doesn't want you, God wants you. And you can't force anybody to want you. Because if you try to force somebody to want you, they'll want you temporarily. And then eventually they're going to end up back in the same place if they don't have the spirit of God in them. All you can do now is trust the process. If it ends in a divorce, right? if it ends in a divorce, then you don't have to find your identity is not in a divorce. And don't allow your identity to be in the fact of a man who didn't want to take responsibility. Don't be don't get caught up in, in the insecurities of am I pretty enough or whatever. God, God, no matter how you got to where you are, God could turn it around for your good. So now I want you to get a sheet of paper. I want you to write down 10 lessons you can learn from this marriage. What are 10 lessons you can learn from this marriage, right? And, and, and then go from there. Lessons turns to blessings. If you learn the lessons, you'll earn the blessing. Now, I don't like the word earn. Because that make that I don't want nobody to get confused that you have to work for God's love and work for God's blessings. But there's blessings from learned lessons, right? The reason why less blessings are burnt is because we didn't learn lessons. But when you learn lessons, but the default, the byproduct of that is blessings, right? So if he doesn't want to change, if he wants to go forward, God was. I've seen a lot of young women who've been through divorce, even in my own family. And then the woman end up better long term or the man end up better long term because they were in God. It ended up better for them long term because they was firm in God. They, they, they grew in faith. Now, you have to be honest with yourself and say, okay, here are my voids. Here is the holes in my life. And this is where you dive deeper with you and God, Crystal. So I hope that helped. And I know I'm supposed to get to you, but please email me again and we'll see what we can do. Coaching wise. Love you all. Thank you all so much for your support. We got a super chat. Thank you, Chanel, for the super chat. I really appreciate y'all for giving back, man. And, and trust me, we, we we have a lot of great things going on in our ministry uh, when it comes to more books, more resources, more card games. We need your support to help us get these books out, to get these materials out. We need your support to help these young people develop their purpose packages. Like, like we helping a young man with his brand. We got another young lady with her brand. We got two more with uh, book ideas. Uh, we got a young lady who has a book and card game idea. And y'all support helps us materialize those different things because when kids begin to see their idea materialize, they're hooked for life. So thank y'all so much for supporting this channel. If you just feel led to just give, just to give, man, uh, I, I pray, uh, I thank you in advance for your generosity. Harriet, you gonna, you gonna do me like that? She was like, yo, hey, I see him at that super chat. If I post my question, question under that, he might answer that. 
Okay, God, I got you. God was like, answer Harriet's question, bro. Hmm. Hey, coach, I prayed about our relationship and it got worse. Why? The guy told me he met someone online who lives in another country. Six months later, he married this person at the third meeting. Am scared to pray. Don't be scared to pray. Don't be scared to pray. When you pray, you find a way. And the way is God. Listen, people do stuff for reasons, man. When a man sees your standard and he can't, he don't have the same standards. He's not saying the same thing. He will go and find somebody else. I prayed about relationship and it got worse. Why? It got worse because you was not. You was not for him. God, that's not for you. Because a man or woman knows when a man wants her and wants to be with her, right? Uh, um, so when you, oh, you say, oh, I get it now. I prayed about, hey, man, when you pray about something, God sprays that thing. <laughs> He'll get it out the way when you pray because God wants you in his perfect will. And, and, and the more you pray, the more you find the way. So don't be scared to pray because prayer shows you the, the what's rare, what's for you. I'm not scared to pray. God, if it ain't your will, I don't want it. Herod, if it ain't God's will, trust me, you don't want it. If it ain't God's will, I promise you, you don't want it because the blessings of the Lord adds no sorrow. If it adds sorrow every tomorrow, then it wasn't meant for you. And so if he met her on a third meeting, that doesn't, that doesn't determine your worth. It doesn't determine your beauty. It don't determine anything because people make decisions the way they want to make decisions. Even I told my students, I said, listen, if this bottle right here, if this bottle right here was worth a million dollars and everyone in the classroom overlooked the bottle, but I knew that bottle was worth a million dollars and I took the bottle. They can't get mad at me because I capitalized on something that was valued. Everyone just thought it was a bottle, but they didn't know that this thing was valued, more valuable than what they perceived. People's perception of value is not equal to everybody else's perception of value. Not everybody's perception of value is equal to God's perception, perception of value. And when you understand that, you won't lower your value to, to try to, to try to make yourself married. Because if you lower your standards to get married, then that person gets complacent. Then you find yourself buried in a marriage that wasn't meant for you to be in. Gotta go. Hope they help, Harriet. Keep praying because prayer lead, prayer shows and reveals the way. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Make sure you check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. It helps you, this book helps you process your feelings to so you get back to feeling your purpose. Also, check out other books like the Holiness Journal. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, let me know. I got a book on singles, how to maximize it, a book on dating, how to date God yourself and become dateable, a book on soul ties and strongholds, a book on discernment and a book for children, and a book on spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God. Check out all those great resources. I thank y'all so much for watching. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. And if y'all want to support and give and support what we do, you can do it on my website too. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.